Christianity was birthed from the margins of a world empire. Its founder was no man of power in the traditional sense, neither were its first adherents people of influence. It grew in the crucible of persecution and, in an unforeseen turn, was declared the state religion of the same empire that sought to destroy it. American Christianity is a far cry from those early days. For centuries, Christians have enjoyed a considerable level of influence and comfort. The name of God is invoked in many corners of American life, and there is still some level of deference for the pastorate. But the culture is steadily severing its ties with historic Christianity in an attempt to perpetuate an inclusive and tolerant society. The realm of politics is a battleground for this. One politician calls for further separation between church and state, while another panders to religious constituents to garner more votes. There are those who think that Christians and Christianity have no place in politics, while others celebrate politicians' supposed Christian faith. Politics are inescapable, and those in power often align themselves with values and movements that will simply lead to their election. Christians with strong, biblically faithful, and theologically informed convictions are caught in the middle. How did we get here? What is one to do when Christian values are upheld by opposing parties? Is one party more aligned with Christianity than the other? Can Christians separate their faith from their vote? Should they? All that and more on this edition of Questions from the Pew. Questions from the Pew, the intersection of faith and culture. We're your hosts. I'm Mike Zalamena. I'm Lucas Manning. Great to see you. Welcome to another Thanks for joining episode. us. Well, yeah. We can't see so. them. Yeah, I know. I okay. could see you, though. That's who I was, That's I was talking to. Oh, you. okay. I wasn't, but I'm retroactively talking to you. <laughs> okay. Today we're talking about the church and politics. Mm. Yeah, very Controversial. Much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Per usual. <laughs> yeah, as, as is expected. Yeah. Very much at the forefront of people's mm-hmm. minds. Mm-hmm. Especially this season as the old, old one, the primaries pick up, as well mm-hmm. as other just drama going on. Yeah. Namely the impeachment inquiry and yeah. all those types of things. Yeah. Yeah. So it might be a timely episode. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, I, I guess we can just dive right in. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk about a little bit just stepping back before even diving into the nitty gritty of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, just talking about, you know, the Bible and government, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. in my mind, there are two major forms of government that are present um, mm. in the Bible. Mm. Um, some, I think, w- one, so one of them is some version of what I call a representational theocracy. So I'll actually explain the theocracy part of it. Yes. Um, theocracy, just a governance by God, in this case, you know, the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the representational part of that is an adjective describing that theocracy. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, 
uh, representational democracy sort yeah. of sort of thing. Yeah, there's stand-ins. Yeah, within the actual government. Yeah. So yeah, they're you know for 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 as much as God rules over His people, those who He calls His own, mm-hmm. um, He elects representatives like, for example, Moses, mm-hmm. um, to speak and lead on His behalf, or later on, King David um, in Israel. So mm-hmm. that's one version of, of yeah. a government that's present in the Bible. And then the other one is some type of empire or occupation sort of mm. um, scenario. Right. So a lot of this seems like it's coming out of like the Old Testament because obviously mm-hmm. like when you say representational, uh, representational theocracy, I think of obviously like the high priests yeah. and then yeah. like later on the king or obviously like judges they had. But, yeah, I guess prophets weren't really in an office of... Yeah, they more so the called people, out the yeah. people who were in office. You could maybe even say that Jesus was, like, Jesus in, like, his second coming or how he's represented. Yeah, I think even Jesus, like, could be considered in some sense. Yeah. Like, the great high priest and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's what all those different forms and I'd say probably failures of, you know, the representative um, in those representational theocracies mm-hmm. situations. Mm-hmm. I think that's all leading up to the perfect kind of theocracy, benevolent, just, merciful, you know, under the reign of Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, Yeah. But yeah, the other, all the other parts of the Bible really are, are, you find God's people in, um, in a situation where they're not in power. Mm. Like you get the the exile. exile. You've got Roman occupation in Jesus' day. Right. Um, Obviously those are the two big, um, mm. big eras. Right. Yeah. Right. And obviously we could probably say like the Bible isn't prescribing mm-hmm. these yeah. necessarily. Just because it's not, just right. because it's in there <laughs> yeah. does not mean that that's the way we should model should our go. government after the Roman empire. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, it, yeah, it doesn't promote or prescribe um, mm-hmm. either form of government. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, the ideal is again, that, perfect theocracy mm-hmm. um, but human nature being what it is um, and i think that is very clearly displayed in in scripture mm-hmm. we're always wanting someone you know in front of us tangible seeing and you know any human who tries to take on that role um is gonna fail at one mm-hmm. level or another yeah um, and that's very clearly seen but yeah the, the form of government really is the arena in which the followers of god are called to live mm-hmm. um yeah and in fact i think overall the the feel of scripture and the the tone that it sets is that christians in particular uh, in the new testament they're they're called to submit to government right um, and not to fight it or set up mm-hmm. a new one in right. the place of one that's already established. The hard thing with that is like, so obviously that makes sense when you're in an empire mm-hmm. where there's like an emperor or sure. a king or something who has like, you know, full power. And the only way that power changes hands is by like bloody, violent, mm-hmm. like coups and like mm-hmm. power grabs and that kind of thing. But then it, like, it does get tougher when you come to more like modern like uh, I guess not necessarily modern, but just more like democratic mm-hmm. uh, power to the people type governments. Cause it's sure. like, okay, like now there's not just 
like there's not like changing power or yeah. like uh gaining power doesn't necessarily mean like violence right there's due mean? process right that, yeah that, so that not, happens yeah it's hard because it's so like obviously like even the disciples thought that you know jesus is coming to like establish his mm-hmm. kingdom in the sense of like an uh, uprising and uh right. you know kind of a zealous uh or like a righteous war or whatever like that's i mean part of the reason probably why peter takes out his sword and cuts the guy's ear off when they're coming to get Jesus in the garden is, I mean, he thinks that it's time. Yeah. Like it's time for the yeah revolution. And so that's where it's like, okay, so that yeah. makes sense. Like Jesus is like, don't, you know, this is not what we're trying to do. Right. But then it's harder when, yeah. Yeah. when we come to, yeah. I think there's something to, no, I agree with you. Cause I think there is something <laughs> yeah. to be said about um, like, if there's very clear injustice being sanctioned by the government, yeah, yeah. Christians are called to, Right. And I and I think that's something to be that Christians and non Christians can agree on. There's yeah. there's some level of a, of mutual understanding of what is just and unjust. Right. And people I think the way that gov- modern government is set up, it yeah, it doesn't devolve into right. violent bloodshed. Now right. within history has there Definitely. been even within like modern democratic societies? Yes, yes of course. Yeah, <laughs> um, those are you know extremes and whatnot. But right. nor and if a government is functioning as it normally does and as it's supposed to, then yeah, I think yeah, there's some space right probably for that right. Yeah, because I mean you can think of government as just like how we arrange bodies and systems to like support mm-hmm. a society. So right. it's like. Yeah, if it's and its values, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Which is obviously, yeah, that's like informed by its values and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, but I'm with you. It does say. I mean, Jesus said, "Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's." Like when it comes to taxes, and that was obviously a big, like a big thing right. for the, like the zealots and stuff was yeah. about taxes and that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, so I guess when we come to the modern, more modern forms of government and that kind of thing. Um, there's been kind of, uh, I guess, certain approaches that different denominations um, or, yeah, just, just different people have taken, um, both in approaching culture, but obviously government is a part of that. Um, so I'll just lay out a couple of them, four of them. Uh, yeah, so you can just think of these as different Christian approaches to, to government or culture, that kind of thing. The first one is kind of a, a Lutheran approach. And so... Basically, Luther, actually, yeah, so Luther basically thought that you should pursue, like, um, transforming, like, society to look more like the kingdom of God and that kind of thing and do your best within, you know, within your context to make the structures and government, like, as God-honoring as possible. The thing is, he did not have, like, an optimistic viewpoint of it. He was like, you'll never be able to, like, there's, it'll always, like be garbage basically but like we should try our best and like do what we can and make an impact where we can but like it's Mm -hmm. never like we're never gonna do it very well and it's never you know i mean it's never gonna be set up Mm -hmm. like ultimately which is totally fair but then the reformers so like john calvin and his followers would say that no like you should try to set up like christian government and christian oversight and christian culture and that should be like the dominating like thing of society because obviously the more Christian like government and that kind of thing is for them, the just better, the better it is for society. Uh, So they, yeah, they were more optimistic in their desire to one transform Mm -hmm. culture and two set up like, like 
pretty explicit, like Christian government, that kind of thing. Um, that's why, what was, what was his town? Was it, uh, um, um, Geneva, Geneva. Yeah. Cause they were like, yeah, basically yeah. like a little Christian society. Yeah. Um, anyway, so that's, yeah. that's the reformed tradition. So the Lutheran, but is I think even tr- that oh, was, sorry, just to interrupt, no. but that's, even that was an attempt towards that theocratic, right. You know, ideal. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think that's what, yeah, they're trying to essentially establish that. Right. So the Lutherans would say, try, but you're never going to. (laughs) Reformers would say, try, and you can. And then there's the old Anabaptists, good old Anabaptists, my roots. And they're just like, hey, we'll we'll just go over here. (laughs) You guys can try to do what you can with the the government and culture, but we'll just... Essentially, they're... um, separationist basically yeah. just separate i mean that's why you get mennonites and amish people is yeah. because they've taken that to the absolute yeah. extreme and just divorced themselves from all of society yeah very much a almost a completely different world right from the rest of society, yeah exactly society at large, yeah. those are obviously extreme examples but even like growing up baptist as well um yeah there's kind of this this idealized separation even though in practice i mean they are very involved in government mm-hmm. i would say um so that's three so lutheran Reformed, Anabaptist, and then kind of just the last one to mention, um, which I am definitely not an expert on, but it's just like liberationist uh, approach, which has come in many forms, like both like black liberationists and Latino liber- uh, liberationists. Uh, but basically the, the main push is, um, uh, I guess it will, it takes like liberation as a theological concept. So mm-hmm. like it focuses a lot on the Exodus um, and kind of thinks of theology more in the sense of activism rather than like this like rational mm-hmm. trying to pursue wisdom type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically saying that the church is responsible for correcting like social problems. Mm. Um, yeah. So that's just like the, the general push of, of that movement. Once, once again, I probably didn't do it justice, but if you're interested, uh, James Cone is a good person to read and uh, Gustavo Gutierrez as well. He's a Latino theologian. Anyway, but yeah, so there's people have taken different approaches to this question. Um, And honestly, like where you start from is probably going to at least affect a bit of where you end up. Right. Yeah. Where are you on the spectrum? Yeah. You know, how involved in politics should you be? Should the church (laughs) be involved in politics and governance at all? Or should we just kind of make do (laughs) with what we've got? Yeah, it's very... um, Waters get very muddy, mm. um, particularly, obviously, every four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God into politics, whether that's coming from a pure motivation or um, or a less than pure motivation, almost mm. a manipulative mm-hmm. um, foundation right. uh, to do that, right? So like, there's a there's this idea of like, who are we 
who are we voting for? Right. Like there's a yeah, there's a focus on who the candidate is, mm-hmm. what are what ideologies he or she subscribes to, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because like that wasn't always the case, at least you know within mm. um, uh, American politics. Yeah, I think it was like William Howard Taft or something like that. I can't remember. I think it was Taft. I think he was the f- first president to win an election after running a like nationwide campaign where he like mm. campaigned for himself mm. across nations. I, yeah, I guess before that, it was the uh, like um, party representatives mm. who campaigned for the candidates. Mm. Uh, typically, so, I guess they were supposed to s- stay quiet. They were expected to just let the people do yeah. their essentially let their party do the campaign. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, it's definitely yeah. not how it is now. <laughs> right, and then like slowly, I guess people found like ways around that. Right. I don't know if it was a hard like system. Mm, yeah, it was also. It, I think it was more so like customary. Right, like, right. To, for the candidates right. not to campaign that's for just themselves. like how it was done but yeah. it wasn't necessarily yeah 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 that's definitely interesting well obviously like the rise of tv and radio mm-hmm. and all those types of things like it became more or like how you looked as an individual became more like important yeah when it came to running a race oh that's yeah for sure definitely the interesting thing is i did see a guy who talked about he's he i don't know you you might have seen him he's kind of he gets interviewed by the news a lot but i guess he predicted the last like nine elections correctly and it was like he bases he's this professor in law hmm. man i i wish i could remember his name sorry everyone uh but anyway he like bases it on certain criteria and like 11 out of the 13 criteria are just like how well the party's doing and it like has a mm. little bit to do with the candidate, but yeah. mostly it has to do with like how well the party in power is governing. And if they're doing well, then they stay. And if it's perceived that they're not, they, right. they get kicked out. Interesting. Anyway, so, <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> we're off track. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. So, so we'll, well, leading it to, to that. So like going back to God being tied to politics, all of a sudden you, you concentrate a lot more on um, like, what faith background mm. does this person belong to? Mm, right? yeah, yeah. I can't remember. Like, they they always identify the presidential candidate with you know the particular you know branch of Christianity. Right. For in America, obviously, in large part, that's that's what it's been. Yeah. Like, um, when Kennedy ran, people were freaking out because I was like, he's a Catholic. That, oh, yeah. that means the Pope's gonna be you yeah. know involved in American government. That sort of thing. <laughs> oh, people yeah. were freaking out. The Pope will be able to tell JFK what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so, or like um, uh, Romney. That's true. A couple of years ago. Yeah. Right? Because he was a Mormon. Yeah. So just a couple of examples of like, that has been. Yeah. Uh, Republicans just being concern. really progressive, getting a Mormon. Mormon. Canada. Anyway. Yeah. So God is always being, you know, drawn into the political fray. Yeah. Um, and then in particular, I think with the moral majority in what what was it 1979, mm-hmm. um, that was just a, a huge attempt to kind of bring back, um, I think what they deemed as conservative, mm-hmm. um, you know, religious values. Right. Um, I think in large part it was a, an attempt to almost legislate morality. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously it was also um, trying at some level still an attempt to grasp for mm-hmm. power. 
Um, mm-hmm. But I think, yeah, right. in large part, it was still very much an attempt to, again, legislate yeah. morality. It seems like at its best, it was like kind of that uh, reformed idea of mm-hmm. like we can we can make this society better by instilling Christian values mm-hmm. like into the law. Like yeah. that, I could see where that is not necessarily like a like a insidious type of stance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I could see how it could be like a goodwill type of stance. Yeah. But like at the same time, it's America where there's freedom of religion, and so it's like and just weight a uh, tons of different like values and cultures. So it's like how like how can you expect everyone to adhere to your you know what i mean mm-hmm. your standards especially if they're not christian yeah. one yeah. and then yeah and i should say it was like a biblical morality right. that they were trying to right. to put forth not yeah. just morality at, as defined by society i guess right. that would be more so ethics yeah they probably give and take from each other yeah 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 and then increasingly that became tied to uh, the conservative movement and then the Republican party. Yeah. Um, so, and then that's where you really start getting these like pastors mm-hmm. who endorse candidates and then mm-hmm. candidates seek out the endorsement of pastors, I think. Right. Um, as well, but, um, in different, it's really interesting to see how involved pastors have become in election cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking back, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the past couple of cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they, some pastors just really take a stance from their pulpit and they endorse. Right. Which is obviously candidates. to me, that's kind of crazy. Cause it's like your people, when they come to church, they're coming to like hear a word from God. So, it, I mean, it's just, I'm not saying, I'm not even necessarily saying that people shouldn't do that. I don't, I don't know what I think about that, but at the same time, it's like, that's such a powerful platform that, mm-hmm like i don't know to have where like basically you're speaking like on behalf of god to like mm-hmm. your people and when you endorse somebody it, i mean it's seen as that yeah, yeah exactly definitely. it doesn't have to be like i'm sure there's people in the audience who are like me who are like you know, <laughs> I know. i'm not listening to some of what this guy says but others <laughs> you know what i mean just yeah. like well, for them, like they might not study the Bible, or you know what I mean. So yeah. they're not thinking critically by themselves. So they just assume that this is the expert who knows, right. and he, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. that's where, yeah, it's just tough. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then on the opposite end of that, you've got like pastors, for example, like Billy Graham, mm. who I don't even know how many presidents he served as a spiritual yeah. like advisor for, but mm. to my knowledge, I don't think he endorsed any candidates or any parties right um he kind of just did his thing and they sought his advice on certain issues or whatever that's Um, great so i feel like he's kind of an outlier Hmm. um or maybe not maybe he's not the outlier but i think pastors maybe have strayed from that legacy Hmm. um yeah i don't know right yeah because because at the same time i i definitely don't think we're you know, like Christians are called to right. just evacuate. Right. <laughs> like one thing is like, so where, like, where do Christians fit in this whole two party mm-hmm. system? Cause obviously, so you, so say you endorse someone like that person is not perfect and their party is not perfect. In fact, far from perfect. I would say that both parties are parties of death in the United States. Mm-hmm. So you have Republicans and you have Democrats and some of the things that uh, one pushes for are great. Some of the things the other pushes for are great. Some of the things 
the one agrees with are horribly like are just horrible and Mm -hmm. like horrifying and the other same thing and so that's when i guess that's when like when you endorse someone you have to be willing to be honest about the faults that come along with Mm -hmm. it so for me like man it's just crazy the things that have become like political issues so like systemic racism it's just like proven like they're just kind of facts and it's Mm -hmm. like man like the republican party seems like in large part to be like hurting the effort to like you know create a more equal society where uh yeah where there's not like active um injustice and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. But then obviously on the other side, you have like in the Democratic side, you have things like abortion yeah. and like certain things that are like, I, I can't get on board with that either. Um, so it's it's tough. Yeah, that yeah. whole endorsement thing, it's tough, I think, yeah. because I don't think Christians fit in either party. And so mm-hmm. when you endorse someone, obviously they're going to come yeah. along with yeah. with a lot of issues, yeah. like things that you have problems with. Right. <laughs> and w- w- an endorsement is your thumbs up of the the person or the right. party or whatever. Yeah. Very rarely do are people honest enough to say, well, these are also the faults of this right. person or right. this this party. Well, I guess know? that's where I have like tremendous respect for people who um yeah, have like strong convictions but then aren't just like following in their tribe. You know mm. what I'm saying? Like there's this one guy from our from my old church who honestly is quite the quirky guy and a little bit weird <laughs> but uh he, thanks for listening yeah and that's it no but he so he's like one of those gun toting people you know what i mean mm-hmm. like you know he like sh- puts pictures of guns on facebook and stuff <laughs> or whatever and it's like oh no but then he also like people will say like racist things or like he'll like come at people not that you should do that on facebook but he just shows that like okay this guy also like cares about like issues of race and justice but he's also like a gun-toting hillbilly you know what i mean so i guess to me it's like wow i like respect that (laughs) i apparently is that bad to say i don't know i can say it we'll get we'll get that in post (laughs) yeah yeah. no i think i get what you're saying because like political parties in general the the goal is to i don't know in my mind it's to pigeonhole like yeah like draw a very solid box this is us right and then people who might vote that way, vote one way or another, don't always place themselves within that definite, you know, box. And they might not fit into, right. you know, that one side 100%. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think the majority of people, maybe not the majority. I think it's the tendency for people to get, like, this is my group. And mm-hmm. so, like, everything my group says, yeah. especially right now, everything my group says like that is law or like that is like that's what i believe and so i guess like so for instance with this gun tone guy i mean i don't even like like i don't like the idea of like having a lot of guns or whatever but i can see how like like hunters or like you know if you're in a certain environment like it makes sense to Mm -hmm. like want to have guns or whatever um so that's where it's like okay like i can respect you because at least you've like thought Mm -hmm. about like you don't fit the archetype, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Whereas, yeah. like, the gun-toting guy probably yeah. usually doesn't care about, like, yeah. uh, not usually, but stereotypically doesn't care about sure. uh, those issues. Sure. And so that's, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, I I think I think you're right. Modern politics, modern American politics have, have put Christians in a very awkward, very uncomfortable place. It's right. a... 
between a rock and a hard place really it's right. it's because if you if you vote one way you're automatically seen as enemy of the other way that's fair yeah. um and then if that if that if that way deems that the other way unbiblical yeah. then are you even call yourself a christian right sort of mentality right. you know well it seems like it's just been like kind of a lack of nuance it's like yeah. we don't like these issues are hard like even abortion which is like <laughs> maybe i'm gonna get a ton of people yelling at me and the comments are writing us but perfect no but like so even abortion like there's there's like nuance to that issue in the sense of like the people who are getting abortions most or the vast uh or you're much more likely if you're in like poverty or in like uh i mean honestly yeah it's african-american females are the ones who are getting the most abortions and they're the the worst economically off you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. statistically so that's where it's like okay so there's there's some sort of connection with mm. poverty and abortion. So like, obviously like, you know, the Republican party, which is traditionally white saying like, uh, like trying to rid abortions and make it illegal. Like, it's just, it seems like, so this doesn't affect you. You know what I mean? Cause you guys aren't getting that many abortions as mm -hmm. like, as a people group comparatively to others. I'm not saying that that's all there is. I'm just saying that there's nuance in there, like in the issue that people would rather just not think about and read, would rather just say like, you're baby haters. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, that's not constructive or helping anyone. Right. Cause nobody, I don't think anybody, maybe there are some extreme examples, which we could talk about in a second, but most people aren't excited about getting an abortion. You know what I'm saying? That's not something that people will like actively want in the I sense. I don't know. Go, or go, go. Because like you get the you get the movement of 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 uh, radical feminists and right. and pro, you know pro uh, pro choice um, advocates who there there was a whole yeah. movement that uh, uh, there was a whole branch of that movement or a campaign within that movement I guess yeah. to celebrate the stories of abortions right. So, no, I would so I would agree, but I think that's like far left. Just like there's like alt right and like far right people who you could say that that's a movement too, because mm -hmm. there's like tons of people involved in that. And so that's why, I, yeah, I shouldn't say that everyone. That's why I took it back, and I was like, <laughs> well, because I think there are those extremes. But that's to me, that's another one of the problems with our rhetoric is that we take the extreme and then we argue against that. Whereas like most people aren't there, like mm -hmm. they're not the extreme. You know what I mean? So you're not really talking about the issue. I see what you're saying. You're just taking yeah. up the most ridiculous version mm -hmm. of it. It's kind of like a straw man. It's a it's, a, it's a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, exactly. Yeah. To win arguments mm -hmm. versus like you know actually being constructive. Take the most easily defeatable. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> argument. Tot that up and then defeat the argument. Right, exactly. Boom, I'm right. So that's where, yeah, I mean, we are totally off topic. I don't know how we got <laughs> here. But I'll no, say, but, I, yeah, there's nuance. Yeah, there's nuance yeah. in every issue. And it's, yeah. And it's not to say that the issues aren't morally clear. Yeah. I think you can have perfectly strong stances. Like, I think I have a pretty strong stance on a lot of things. But, like, I think understanding the nuance and issues with your position and then understanding the other position as well mm -hmm. and, like, where they're coming from, like, can only help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and it gives you some empathy for the other side as well. So, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, they're not the enemy who wants to kill babies, which, once again, there might be crazy people. But there's also crazy people who – there's neo-Nazis and, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. who want yeah. to attack black people. So, yeah. it's like, yeah, those people exist, but, like – 
they're not the main problem, I mm -hmm. don't think. Like, I think that's obviously a problem. And apparently it's more of a problem than I would have thought, you know, three years ago. Yeah. But, uh, but I think taking up those, like, extreme positions and attacking them, it's missing the point, I think. are being forced to place um, place issues on a hierarchy because there's there's a there's biblical evidence for something for example just being dear to the heart of God if I'm if I can use Christian language yeah, so sure. um, correcting injustice <laughs> um, providing for the poor and the needy the destitute and yeah. those who are being trampled by um, by oppression that's right. obviously very important to God. Right. But so are, just to use the the examples, I guess, that we've been using already, yeah. but so are children, right. so are infants. Yeah. And Christians are being forced to say, well, which one is more important than the other? Right. You know? Yeah, I would. I guess it's hard because yeah, I'm with you in the sense of they're forced in the voting box. Right. I don't yeah. think they're forced in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, there are more moderate candidates, I think. I mean, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, I haven't looked into these most recent ones. Um, I don't know if they're, I don't know if the American political system right now makes space for moderate candidates. That's fair. I mean, that's the sad thing. <laughs> oh, well, I guess that's where, like, the voting box might be one thing, but then, like, the life that you live is also... Yes. Not that they're separate. I don't think that they're separate, but I think... There's decisions that you have to make in the voting box that shouldn't be made in everyday life. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that this is a more important issue than this. Mm -hmm. Ah, yeah. It's a tough one. It's definitely tough. The thing is, like you said, I think the Bible makes a good case for both of those things pretty much yeah. on equal ground. Yeah. And if we think that, you know, Jesus came to inaugurate the kingdom of heaven and, like, we can live in that reality... Mm -hmm then like we should seek those things but yeah 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 it's hard yeah because it doesn't hold one higher or more important than the other right but our context does right makes you make a decision yeah and i guess yeah that's where i think the answer to what party should christians align with <laughs> is just that you know yeah <laughs> there is we no don't party. Fit into that yeah. i do want to go back to what you were saying about yeah both parties being a party of death because i like yes. that Yes. And I think that that deserves some further yeah. probably explanation. Sure. Because um, I, I know what you're getting at. Yeah. But maybe just, yeah. Yeah. Just so I think both, I mean, kind of like what I said earlier, but yeah, both parties have aspects of them that are just detrimental and violent. So, for instance, the Republican Party, which has traditionally not helped minority groups, um, let me think of how I want to phrase this. Yeah, just has supported the status quo, which has been injustice, systemic injustice. You know what I mean? In uh, 
mean, there's tons of things. Most of these wrongs are historic and structural. Mm -hmm. So there's not a active, uh, I mean, there are active people who, who do want uh, minorities to be oppressed, but the vast majority of people aren't actively yeah. personally trying yeah. to do that, but they just participate in the systems which have been set up, yeah. which have, and they haven't changed, right. Which haven't changed. Yeah, they're still vestiges of, right that era right yeah just like so one one clear example is like when vets came back from world war ii only certain neighborhoods were mm -hmm. allowed to get uh mortgage yeah. essentially like mortgage loans yeah. so that they could buy houses and build wealth banks were very yes engaged uh, it was called redlining yeah. and they basically only let white neighborhoods do that um and obviously black neighborhoods yeah. around the furthest other end of the spectrum i mean that's how chicago became one of the most segregated cities in right. america so there's these things that have been set up. So once you do that, you obviously pour tons of wealth into I mean, we talked a little bit of this on our Black Panther podcast, yeah. so you can go over there and <laughs> listen to that if you want to. Um, but obviously, there's just clear, undeniable, historical uh, events that have happened that are unjust mm -hmm. and that our society still stands on. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think Republicans, unfortunately, uh, both explicitly and implicitly support uh, kind of the status quo to their detriment and they cause death in the world uh, for other groups and I would say spiritual death for themselves. Um, so that's obviously the Republican Party's, in my view's death. And then obviously you have the Democratic Party who I think is more inclined to help um, or is at least more open to conversations about. I mean, it's in the name liberal, like they're mm -hmm they're progressive they're trying to build something new that kind of thing uh, but then in that same vein like i don't think liberalism is an end to itself just yeah i think yeah sometimes conservatives get it right um so like for instance i think abortion man i don't know what history is going to say about like legalized abortion like i wonder if they're going to look back and be like man that's barbaric or if it's yeah who knows but i think life is meant to be valued at whatever level it is. And while I do understand the arguments that are against abortion, and there are some good ones, such as supposedly in in the lifetime of like a sexually active woman, they have like hundreds of conceived like or sperms mm -hmm. that yeah. come in contact with the egg and obviously just like don't attach to the wall. So like is she having like hundreds of miscarriages throughout her mm -hmm. life? Like it's it's kind of hard. Like that's a I don't know. It's just hard to, yeah, hard to yeah. reckon with that. That's moving into the area of like, like ethics, right? And like, yeah. When do yeah. we call? Well, nobody. Okay, for all you, everyone who says life begins at this stage, nobody knows. Like, like when? So should we be like doing our best to like save amoebas? I guess you'd say they're not the image of God. I'm just saying it's it's hard. It's like so. Is it right at conception, or is it like when a heart starts beating? Like when does a soul come in? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's it's. It's just a hard question that I don't. Yeah. I think is more nuanced than no one really knows. Mm -hmm. All that to say, I think Christians, it's very clear from the Bible, should value the sanctity of life, life. and so yeah. at every turn should try to uh, should preserve try to it. preserve it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so that's where, obviously, I'm. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think abortion is is not great. And for yeah, society. I think, and that's one of those things. Sorry, just to no, harp yeah. on this, but there's a general idea of the value of preserving life mm -hmm. but it's a matter you know on both you know sides of or whatever area of the political spectrum you're a part of yeah there's a value of preserving life but yeah. 
right what, like how you define life right. where do you start yeah that's where right. it really that's where it really right. uh, comes down to yeah and yeah. I, there's definitely different like ideologies that feed into it mm-hmm. so like obviously more liberal folks would say well if we just uh you know if the economy or not even the economy but like if uh you know if poverty is done away with then there'll be less people who are mm-hmm. you know making mistakes or yeah. wanting to get abortions that kind of thing so yeah it's yeah lots that, of different things to yeah yeah lots of variables right yeah yeah. So I guess, yeah, I can, like, both parties, I think, like, if you're just gung-ho, like, I love this party and everything is great about it. Like, I think you got to take a look in the mirror. I like, think it's a, na- a naive way yes, to yeah. go about this whole For sure. thing of politics. Yeah. And I'm sometimes I use strong language. I'm not saying that someone's a horrible person if they mm-hmm. do that. But I do think that they need to look in the mirror for a bit and just be open to seeing things from a different perspective that might have something, I guess I think like we can use both the conservative and the liberal voice within like America to make it like a better place. See what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Like I, I think liberals can learn a lot from conservatives. I think conservatives can learn a lot from liberals, but right now just the ecosystem is not like, is not conducive to that type of discussion or talk. It's not to say that I don't think that, that, like I said, both parties are parties of death. So I think there's actually really detrimental things on on both, you know, both sides. No, I I think yeah, I think uh, I think that's good. Um, but obviously, Christians are we are very much swimming in the uh, in this context. Um, so like, how the question still stands? Like, how are we mm-hmm. supposed to? <laughs> how then shall we shall we now live? Right. Um, how do we act? How do we Right. vote for example yeah for sure um, and there's so much that goes into that one thing we had talked about is like do you vote pragmatically or do you vote ideologically mm-hmm. yeah in the sense of like so me like i could see i could see a christian looking at like the democratic party and saying okay like so they support uh abortion being legal but they also are trying to help uh, eliminate poverty in these ways. So in that way, they're actually trying to reduce like the amount of abortions. Mm-hmm. So that's a very like pragmatic approach, sure. right? Sure. Whereas obviously a more conservative person might say, I ideologically, I cannot vote for right. someone who would support, mm-hmm. you know, this, 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 yeah. which that's a different thing of the morality of your candidate, which maybe we'll get into that later. <laughs> but like, I just can't like, you know, ideologically, align myself and i think i think both are valid ways to go about voting um i think i find myself more on the pragmatist side mm-hmm. more than often or more than more than not but uh captain america would say ideologically so <laughs> that's probably where i would <laughs> yeah fall on there but yeah. that's not to say that i don't understand voting pragmatically right either because yeah. yeah, like just yeah. the way that you described the whole idea of voting right um it, there are man it's just so nuanced yeah well it's the same issue of like handing out condoms at schools right mm-hmm. like so the one person would be like don't do that you're just like affirming that they're gonna have sex whereas another one would be like no we're just like protecting like they're going to have it whether we give them or not so might mm-hmm. as well protect them you know what i mean? Right. so it's i mean they're once again i think i find myself on the pragmatic side of things mm-hmm. not always but but sometimes so that's yeah. that's another thing Right, right. I think something that is important to keep in mind, though, is that, um, at least I think, <laughs> that yeah. Christianity cannot be 
relegated and left alone to a personal's uh, mm. to a, to a personal level mm. because in its essence christianity is meant to engulf the totality of of a person's life so that right. should at some level come out in the way they engage in politics the way they vote right um I'm not, and this is not me saying that you need to vote one way or the other if you're yeah. a christian but i'm saying that I, I think the idea of leaving your faith at home yeah and not taking it into the ballot box with you yeah is I is detrimental ex- and naive yeah i don't think it exists i don't think you can mm-hmm. one yeah well that's yeah the when I say I vote pragmatically, I don't mean that I disregard the individual's morals. Oh yeah. I think sure. it's, that's one, one thing. I think it's just like what, what option is going to provide the best results. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't necessarily, well, that's not true. I don't give as much weight to, um, what the person says, but more so hopefully like what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's ridiculous. So I don't know if that's legit, but, but yeah. So I think that's one thing where, I don't know. I think like an ideal politician is like moral. I'm also Lutheran in the sense that I'm not sure how optimistic I am though (laughs) about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's moving forward. If the current state of American politics, if this whole thing of parties is not going to go away anytime soon, and I don't think Doesn't it is because like it's it. <laughs> that's the way it's been for 200 years. <laughs> um, I mean, Christians, I think, will need to to step in where their government is failing. I mean, there's a precedent here, even in the New Testament. Mm. Right. So the Roman Empire didn't place a lot of value on the deformed or the widows mm. in society. Right. But Christians stepped in and provided for them when the government hmm. was not doing it. Or even when society as a whole didn't value them. Right. In Christian communities and house churches, you would get rich people and the bankrupt eating at one table. Yeah. You'd got the per- you, you got the perfectly healthy mm. and the physically deformed taking mm. care of each other in that community. Right. So I think this is where Christians have a prime opportunity to step in and... Um, and address the the very real failures of government, whatever that form of government might be. Yeah, at its best, can help fill the needs that society has. Yeah, that government yeah. doesn't like doesn't cover. Yeah. So I I think a way moving forward might be this, and I'm not saying that Christians shouldn't vote yeah. ideologically or yeah. whatever, but like regardless of who is in office. Instead of fighting, instead of concentrating 100% of your power and efforts into um, mm. into fighting against this, yeah, I'm going to use a very real example here. <laughs> yeah. If a uh, a Democrat is in power, yeah, right, well, still fight for the rights of the unborn, yeah, but instead of concentrating 100% of your power on that. Let's also make sure that we are doing things mm. on the back end to um, to fight and preserve life. So instead right. of going out and picketing and protesting against yeah. you know the the pro-choice movement, mm. are we our Christians, our churches, mm. our Christian organizations doing their part to counsel women to yeah. to step in and, uh, and for example adopt that, that sort right. of sort of thing and it goes the opposite way as well like right. if if you feel like 
the person or the party in office isn't doing enough to fight racism or yeah. poverty. Well, what are you and your right. community of believers doing to do that? If the government isn't, right, isn't, you know, well, that's where, yeah, like what's going to have more impact, like a political pamphlet that you hand out or, you know, like actually supporting the people who are like in mm-hmm. need. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I think like, yeah, like you said, you can, you can do the political thing from nine to five, yeah. but like, like maybe the more impactful thing and like the thing that Christ would have us do is to, yeah, vote, vote with your convictions in the voting box. Uh, but then like when it comes to the actual issues, like try to solve them. Yeah. I think the beauty of this system of government is that we, we are able to do that. Yeah. Right. Like Christians in, in, right. in, in the New Testament yeah. weren't able to obviously because yeah. they were a small sect within a, a religion of uh, land that was being occupied right. yeah, by exactly. a huge empire. If you stand up to the government, you right. are wiped from yeah. the face of the earth. <laughs> so we should very much be active in yeah. the political realm. Yeah. But uh, let's not let's not put all our chips in on a party or a candidate. Yeah. I guess yeah. is it's a good way to go. For sure. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's totally good. I mean, I think that's one of the best things about America is that we can talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a shame that we're not, when we choose to do we're it not well. doing it as much <laughs> anymore. So it's like, oh, darn. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that moves to another thing. It's like, stop. let's stop with the demonization of yeah. the other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, it's so polarized. And we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about this. But, yeah, I think there's a, a distinction between having strong convictions and then tribalism. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, just not not caring to look into the nuance or the other side, but just like holding to whatever your people group holds to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think that would not be helpful, mm-hmm. but strong convictions I think are helpful. Like yeah. strong convictions with like an openness. I don't know. And it doesn't mean you even have to openness, not in the sense of you have to abandon your convictions, but right. just openness to hear what, Yeah. like to hear the legitimate concerns of the other side, which yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. Yeah, and then one other thing uh, I would say uh, as far as, like, a way forward goes um, is I actually N.T. Wright was at Wheaton, which is where I go to school, and he was talking. And he said, uh, like, the like one of the major calls of God's people is to, like, speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously there's precedent for this in, uh, in the Old Testament, but the Old Testament prophets calling out the kings and not just calling them out, like uh, – I guess for like superficial things, because it's not uncommon in the ancient Near East for kings to get called out by prophets, but usually usually it's because they like did a ritual wrong or something Mm -hmm. like that. But the kings of Israel were specifically being called out because of like oppression of the poor and they like weren't taking care of uh, their like social uh, responsibilities. They weren't being good representatives of the theocracy. Exactly, exactly. So they weren't, yeah, they weren't taking care of the poor, the widow. Um, and so those were the reasons why they were getting, uh, called out once again, like speaking truth to mm-hmm. the very real power that was there. And obviously some of the prophets suffered because they did it. Uh, uh, so I think there's a precedent in the old Testament. Obviously Jesus talks about subverting power structures, uh, in the new Testament, the disciples ask him, Hey, can one of us sit at your left hand and one of us sit at your right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, like, you don't, you don't understand what you're asking for. <laughs> Um, and like, that's how the Gentiles do, or like, that's how the world does power mm-hmm. is that they lord it over each other. Mm-hmm. There's this very strict hierarchy and power and there's power grabs, but in the kingdom of heaven, like if you want to be first, then you should serve, like you should serve everyone. Right. And like, if you want to be 
ahead you should you should uh yeah let others go and yeah in front of you straight up so yeah. that's where i mean i think yeah there's precedent for this speaking truth to power thing mm-hmm. um yeah and i think we've lost that as the church uh, specifically in america specific specifically like white evangelicalism because that's where i'm coming from i think we've lost that calling a bit um and perhaps it's because we don't have a full understanding of what the gospel is, but that's a story for another time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I mean, I think hopefully those are f- a few ways just kind of to recap. Um, yeah, like vote in the voting box for what your convictions are, mm-hmm. but perhaps uh, step in where the government is mm-hmm. failing uh, yeah. or where it's, you know, it's not taking yeah. care of the needs of society. Yeah. Also stop demonizing each other. And then three, like speak truth to power um, wherever it might be being abused. And you mentioned in our talk the other day too about, um, about media. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So that was actually one thing that N.T. Wright said was that uh, like, so the speaking truth to power as one of the church's main functions, essentially with the, the vacuum of that truth being spoken, uh, the media has stepped in and has essentially declared it as their, like this is our position in society is to speak truth to power. And it's just, yeah, it's just sad because the church should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the media has taken it up without the moral. Um, and I guess, yeah, the moral like grounding that yeah. ideally the church has. Um, and so that's when, you know, I think, I think things can go a little bit haywire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, if you're frustrated with the media, you should probably be frustrated with the church because it's our job to do that anyway. Yeah. 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 So hopefully this is a call to, yeah, to step in if you're not already mm. engaged. Yeah. Um, and then if you are and maybe not engaging in the right way, maybe to <laughs> yeah. take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know that I can, you know, th- there are, there are, points of action you know on on both sides of the spectrum Mm. in that respect for me at least yeah you know Um, and i think it's helpful for everyone to to kind of reflect on on that yeah for sure and like i mean this goes a little bit back to our holiness wholeness episode a lot of plugs in this one (laughs) but like you know look inside yourself too to see like what like your reactions to things you see in the media and in politics like like what is that conjuring up within you that you might need to take care of like personally you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying so there's a lot of aspects to to politics um obviously because it's kind of an emergent phenomenon so there's lots of pieces and parts Mm -hmm. but yeah 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 cool just being aware yeah i think it's a hopefully a good hopeful (laughs) way to way to end yeah Uh, yeah thanks for listening to another episode um Please give us a uh, a rating on iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to us on. Yes. That would uh, do us uh, a huge favor and help others find our podcast yeah. and kind of engage in these thoughts. Does a whole lot of good. Mm-hmm. And so we've got some ratings, but when we did our merger with the World Outspoken, we lost some of them because because of that kind of yeah. platform switch. So yeah, any ratings yeah. you can leave. Yeah, tell your friends. Hey, tell your friends. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah, comment, ask questions on our website, um, and subscribe, obviously, as well. So, yeah, this has been Questions from the Pew. I'm Ryan Gerzalameta. I'm Lucas Manning. We'll see you next time.